Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with Devin and Jason McCourty, Super Bowl champions with the New England Patriots, it's brought to you by Compassion International. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. That's the website to go to. And when we think about releasing children from poverty, that's what happens through Compassion International. Childhood should be full of exploration and learning and growth, but children in poverty are often focused simply on living day to day. Safe water and education and medical care and even safe housing are substandard or in many cases non-existent, and that results in malnutrition, child labor, abuse, hopelessness. Poverty is a vicious cycle, but it can be broken, and Compassion International has found a way. With over 66 years of experience, Compassion has found the most effective way to care for children in need, and it's through the local church. This is why Compassion partners with more than 7,000 local churches in 25 countries to deliver God's love and care to children in need. One child at a time. Today, more than 2 million children are breaking the cycle of poverty for good. And this is where you come in. $38 a month, you can sponsor a child and release them from poverty through Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Today on the podcast, we're very excited to bring you an interview that I was able to help do. And I say help do because we had a co-host on this podcast. So along with one of my buddies, and you know him as a Tennessee Titans linebacker, Wesley Woodyard, he's been on the podcast a few times. We were able to interview Devin and Jason McCourty together, all four of us on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Devin and Jason, of course, twin brothers who played with the Patriots in 2018 and won a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl for the Patriots. Jason, as many of you may not know, was a 2009 sixth round selection with the Tennessee Titans and played his first seven seasons in Tennessee before moving to Cleveland. In 2017, if you remember this, Cleveland didn't win a game. And Jason was a part of that team. He had a pretty good year. And then 2018, he was traded to New England. Now think about that, going from a team that had zero wins to going to the Patriots. And then, of course, we know what happened. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. His twin brother, Devin, was a first-round selection in 2010, and Devin is now a three-time Super Bowl champion, a two-time Pro Bowler, and he's played his entire career since 2010 with the New England Patriots. They are among one of only 13 sets of twins in NFL history and the first set to play and win a Super Bowl, that, of course, being Super Bowl 53 a few weeks ago over the Los Angeles Rams. This is a really fun conversation and what a great job by Wesley Woodyard the Tennessee Titans linebacker co-hosting with us and just asking some really good questions and then of course thanks to Devin and Jason McCourty from the Patriots for joining us let's take a listen to this interview taped at a conference very recently down in Florida just a week or so ago Devin and Jason McCourty joining us here on the Sports Spectrum podcast And pleased to be joined on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, first of all, with my co-host, I like this, is Wesley Woodyard, 
from the Tennessee Titans. Wes, what's going on? Uh, not much, man. Just enjoying great company with some of my brothers up here. Putting that uh, broadcast boot camp, you know, experience to to work with this uh, podcast. You know it, Atlanta Lumberjack Down, everywhere I go. Lumberjack <laughs> Down. Well, why don't you introduce our guests? So, man, we are here. Proud, proud owner of a new Super Bowl ring. <laughs> but we are here with the McCourty brothers, Devin and Jason McCourty's uh, fresh up a Super Bowl victory. But uh, most importantly, man, my brothers in Christ. Yeah. Welcome to the show. I uh, appreciate guys. you guys having me, man. I got a chance to play with the Lumberjack in Tennessee for a few seasons. So mm-hmm. um, him asking me to come on here was an easy choice. And I told Dev that this is where we're going. <laughs> you guys don't do much alone. I mean, you're usually together quite a bit. We took advantage of this year. Uh, even things we got asked to do separately, I would decline if they said he couldn't come or vice versa. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's, listen, it's been a month basically since the Super Bowl victory. Um, been somewhat of a whirlwind for you both. So I'll start with this, just championship parade, trip to ESPN, courtside Lakers-Celtics. We were talking about that beforehand. The Grammys, Devin. Uh, describe what it's been like these past few weeks now. Uh, commensurating at this conference and where we're, we're here learning about Christ and kind of growing in our faith. But what this little whirlwind has been like these last few weeks. You Devin, know, start with you. You know, it's crazy. I would say like this whole year kind of started down here. Um, you know, you talk about like two different seasons, but like tough endings, like him being in Cleveland last year and going 0-16 yeah. and then us making it to the Super Bowl and losing to the Eagles and us coming down here um, – to PAO for the first time and like coming almost as like a family um, and like each time we get our break and we go to uh, each other's room because we had the kids with us and we talk about what we went through. They talked about how rough it was during the season. And I remember like being down here and just praying like, man, it'd be awesome if we could play together this year. Like, it'd be awesome. And seeing all of that, you know, kind of take its course in the next month and then, you know, Back in you know beginning of February to win a Super Bowl and um, I think just the whole way we just kept talking about the moments man don't miss these moments how cherished was to be how awesome and and then winning the Super Bowl and it was like he was like man I'm going to every Super Bowl thing they got parade Bruins game Celtics game Grammys um, it was just like riding you know this unbelievable wave that. Um, when we were down here just a year ago and praying for it, like we never would have imagined that a season would go like how it went. You know, even if you take away the Super Bowl, just all of the time we spent spending Thanksgiving together, spending Christmas morning together, um, all of those things that I would say we kind of knew we was missing, but didn't really know we were missing out over the last 10 years of playing in different cities and not doing it together. Um, Like we didn't realize how special it was waking up with all the kids and why. And getting to do all of those things this year, uh, I would say the ending was like uh, kind of, for me, it was kind of bittersweet knowing, like, damn, we don't know how this is going to shake, you know, in the future. But uh, it was a lot of fun. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, um, me and my wife could probably do a podcast alone <laughs> on coming here last year at Which PAO. Which we can do that, by the way. Coming here last year at PAO and where we were um, as a team, as a couple, compared to coming back here this year where we were. And I just remember just kind of piggybacking off what Dev said of coming down here to PAO and myself didn't really want to come. And um, it was a trying season for us in our life, not just football, but uh, playing in Tennessee for eight years, getting released about 10 days before the draft, um, dealing for me individually with that of um, dealing with failure, being told you're not good enough, 
also having to be a father, being home throughout most of off-season training, training on my own. I'm hitting Dev up like, send me what y'all do every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm out on the field, on a high school field at Brentwood Academy in Tennessee, running by myself every day. And just kind of what we went through in that, and it carried over to, all right, we get picked up in Cleveland. We head to Cleveland. Uh, my daughter was just born at the end of February, and now we're in Cleveland. My wife is at home with uh, our then five-year-old uh, son was about to turn two in December, and then daughter, who's still a few months old, yeah. who's struggling with allergies, eczema, and the whole nine. And mm. throughout the course of that season, you know, obviously we're 0-16. Um, there's issues everywhere um, from a football standpoint for me. And my wife's at home, and she's dealing with uh, our youngest daughter who won't sleep through the night and the other two kids and them having to transition. And we were just button heads the entire season. And it really wasn't until we came down here. And like Dev said, we had our breaks, and our and it was done for the night. We'd be up in that room, and uh, for people that have been out there at PAO, we always talk about PAO babies, and uh, <laughs> this is just a mountain high experience and bringing you closer. For us, when we got back to that room, it was like more like more button heads of interpreting what we had just heard, and uh, I just remember going through these few days down here and leaving in a much better place than when we first got here. And like Dev said, it just carried over. You know, the trade happens in March. Yeah. We head up to New England and we're in a much better place transitioning the second time than we did the first time. We're closer to family. Mm -hmm. um, his wife's across the street. We already go there. Kenny Britt, a guy who I play with, him and his wife's there. My wife, we have a family we also know. So it was just, it was, it was so much fun. You know, such a blessing uh, to be there and to be in my 10th year to go through that experience with my twin brother to win football games and do things I hadn't done in my career. Um, I was the I was the newbie to it. So I was the guy that was always excited. <laughs> um, whatever game we play, when we won, I'm yelling, I'm screaming. I see I see Dev over there shaking his head like, you're not used to this. So I'm used to this. So, I mean, it's kind of that relationship of yin and yang. And me and you, we were teammates, like you said, a few years in, in uh, Tennessee. And it's almost like, you faced adversity and you continue to keep going, whether that was an injury, whether that was a release 10 days before the draft. And, you know, a lot of guys face that same situation, but sometimes we can get lost and disconnected. And I would just like for you to share, like, what was the consistent thing that kept you focused and kept you grounded on the main goal? And that was just being a successful father and a successful role model. Man, when you say lost at times, that's how I felt. Like when I got to Cleveland um, throughout that season, I was playing some really good football. And um, sometimes I think that mass of yeah. what we're really going through and what our real struggles were. And my season in Cleveland, I, I was I was doing life on my own. Mm. Um, in Tennessee, I had my nucleus. I had my network. I had um, our team chaplain, Reggie Pleasant, who uh, was kind of holding me accountable. Even if it was just coming to me and asking me a question, I, it would make me think more. And then going to Cleveland, it was just different. You had to readjust, get re-comfortable pe with people. And um, I wasn't doing the same things I was doing to yeah. stay in the word and to and to be uh, always striving to get closer to God. And I, I wasn't doing anything I would you would perceive from a worldly view as wrong. I wasn't going out to the club. I, I was at home every night. I was being a father. I was helping uh, what I was thinking I was helping my wife, yeah. but I really was. But I was doing it all on my own. I wasn't waking up 
praying or reading the Bible or getting into devotionals or different things we did in Tennessee, like our daily bread and questioning each other to make sure we were reading it. I wasn't doing those things. And it wasn't until I got here mm -hmm. at PAO at the end of the year where it kind of hit me. And it was just like, that was my missing piece. Yeah. That's why that year was a struggle for me. And I think coming into the next year, that was what made the transition so much better for me. I remember getting traded and flying to New England. And one of the people I met with was a team chaplain, Jack Easterby, who I had met. Uh, he uh, officiated Dev's wedding. So I already had not a relationship with him, but just had met him before. And we sat down that day and I told him one of the things that I struggled with the most was trying to do it on my own right. uh, while I was at Cleveland. Didn't go to every chapel service, something I had been doing for years. Yeah. And um, throughout the season in New England, I think that was a change for me. I found people that were going to hold me accountable, whether that was doing devotionals with Deb, uh, a guy like Matt Slater, who's always going to question. Much respect. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> it, he, he's God. always yeah. going to question. You come in there and talk about something you buy, he's going to be coming from across <laughs> the room. You're living in excess. And, and having those people going to Bible study every Monday, going to chapel every Saturday, that held me accountable and kept me uh, doing the right thing. And that's a great point that you bring up because, you know, you know, a lot of guys don't realize when you transfer and go to a new team, like you forget those little small things mm -hmm. that you had at your previous team because you're so used to doing mm -hmm. it every day. So, Deb, like for Jason to come to a locker room that you helped build and help, you know, put in that faith base, you know, that ground right there. Like how could you speak how important it is for guys that might hear this podcast that, you know, hey, guys, it's important that we embrace and that we set up something for guys coming into our team to be able to continue their path uh, of righteousness and, and their, walk, their walk in Christ. I tell people that all the time. I think it's one of the things people overlook the most, the locker room. Yeah. Um, you see how teams play. You see the finished product on Sunday. You see the practices and how hard everybody works. But people don't see how much guys pour into each other within that locker room. Um, and I don't care if you believe in this or believe in that. Guys just genuinely care about each other um, and I remember when I first got into the NFL and kind of doing things my own way um, I always would look and I'd be like man like I'm not I'm not like Slate man like someday I'm gonna get there you know yeah. I'm gonna be more like Slate I'm gonna be more like Gerard May I'm gonna be more like those guys I just got to keep working and I remember I went to uh, like my my first chapel in the offseason I was like man I'm just gonna go um, and I remember one of my first ones uh, Nate Solder. Nate was in there and Nate talked about um, having testicular cancer mm -hmm. um, and going through that. And Nate was talking and I'm like, man, Nate, like he got to be just yeah. crushing up. And Nate's like, I'm not worried. You know, God's got me. This is just something we're going through. And I felt I'm sitting there like, man, like. Nate don't I'm like Nate don't care yeah. like he just said cancer he don't care and then Hudson his son goes through cancer and and still you know Nate's like yeah I mean we and I'm sitting there like man like this dude is like I, I'm missing something like I don't I don't need to be perfect like I just need to keep going and I think from that point on I was like man I need guys need to see this throughout all of us you know mm -hmm. not just Matt not just Nate not just, we need to get as many guys as possible in this so that maybe it's a guy that is a DB and was one offer and he was like, man, Dev's story is just like mine. I need to just pick his brain. Hey, Dev, what you about to go do? I'm about to go to chapel. Yeah. And they like, all right, I'm coming too. Um, and I think that's what's so incredible about the locker room because even though we're all peers and a lot of times we're competing against each other, 
Like we all have so much respect and admiration for each guy and, and we get to see them go through different things um, that really help shape us. And, uh, you know, the relationships built in that locker room, I think, have so much to do with the finished product that a lot of people, unless you're in the locker room, don't really understand. Devin and Jason McCordy are our guests here on the Sports Spectrum podcast with Wesley Woodyard. I'm Jason Romano. I got to ask you guys, because I have two brothers, and my bond with my brothers is you can't touch that, even no matter how much my little brother might mess up sometimes, <laughs> and I'm just sick in my head, like, what is he doing? My, my middle brother is my hero. He's a pastor. He's a doctor, a Bible teacher, a Bible professor. So I love those guys very much. But they're, And I watch you guys, and you seem to be your each other's biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. And even on, on the level of the Super Bowl, and the play that you make, Jay, obviously that was the big, highly publicized play. It saved the game a lot. Biggest of defensive say. play of the game. There I it is. Say. Biggest <laughs> defensive play of the game. Absolutely. Even watching you cheer him on. And at the end of the game, there seemed to be even more joy in, in you than him because you were so happy for him. Even a, there's that video in NFL Films at the AFC Championship game about you grabbing him. <laughs> we're going. You're going. It's like it just felt like there was a sense of joy there between you two because listen I have brothers they drive me nuts sometimes they're knuckleheads but the bond that you guys you guys don't do a whole lot separately you have that bond it seems like you've had that forever can you just talk about the brotherly bond forget football for a second forget you know all the accolades just the brotherly bond that you two have Dev I'll start with you yeah I think you know our relationship really starts with our mom um, I think anytime you're twins, you're together all the time. Like from the beginning, you get dressed alike. Um, you might have different name tags at times, whether it be a string or something on a finger. Um, but I think as you start hitting different ages, you grow up, the world and everybody else around you is like, man, that's cool. Y'all so similar. Hey, what happens when you go against each other? Yeah. Um, and I think that started happening, you know, ASAP for us, mainly in sports. In sports. Yeah. Um, but really anytime in school, you know, whether it be teachers trying to figure us out and, you know, well, what is you what do you do good and what do you do good? And my mom used to always tell us that no matter what happens, you always gotta be aligned together. Uh, you can, I mean, like we're like any boys that grew up together. She said, you can fight and do it all you want inside these walls, right. whether it be video games or one-on-one -on -one basketball outside. She said, but when you get in public, don't let people see you guys go against each other. Mm. Um, and I think probably starting with the fear from her that we didn't want to <laughs> make her mad um, enabled us to grow a bond that talks talk every day, um, can go back and forth with each other like, someone's never seen and, and people have like our teammates have been around us whether it be in the off season we working out and um i'll tell a quick story like we're working out uh after my rookie year i make the pro bowl um and i think we're doing pull-ups or pull-ups pull -ups. and i'm like man i'm done and he was like man keep going i was like man, he, didn't, he didn't hit the desired number for the workout and i was like man pull-ups not gonna get you to the pro bowl and he was like and we just start going at like we're like all our guys from Rutgers uh, think we about to fight. And an hour later, we laughing and joking together because that's just what we know. Like as bigger fans, we also know what the best looks at looks like from each other. So we're going to push each other that way, too. Yeah. Jay? yeah it's, it's an unexplainable bond. And yeah. um, throughout our careers, we've always talked every day. Um, we're playing a division of a opponent his, in his division. He's screenshotting me his notes or doing whatever. <laughs> um, and to be on the same field, uh, it was so special to be in the meeting rooms, um, to know that he was a captain since his second year, but to see up close what that looks like, to hear the way 
the coaches in the building spoke about him. For me, coming in, it was it was just so cool. And um, throughout our careers, a lot has been made. And it was just like, man, like you've played nine years, you've never made the playoffs. Your brother's been to the Super Bowl at that time four times. You've gone every year. You've never been able to even sniff the playoffs. Like how how do you deal with like jealousy and? And it's just like you'd say to people, it's just like you have a person that you've grown up with that you can remember waking up early in the morning for Pop Warner games and going over your plays and talking about being on this stage. And I was just like, for me, I've never been able to get there. And it's obviously team, a team, team sport. And we haven't been able to get over that hump. I'm like, if you couldn't get there, the next best thing for me has been to been able to watch Dev do that. Yeah. now three times and be a part of it for one. But to go when he went to the Pro Bowl his rookie year, I was right there with him. Uh, every year he's gone to the Super Bowl, I've been down there hosting the family. And yeah. um, that's just been our bond. And I think this year has been very special for us because throughout we've always helped each other grow. But being able to be there, um, we did couple study, uh, couples Bible study every Thursday together with our team. And um, this year we started doing devotionals right on the Bible app together. Uh, me and him will start a devotional and do it. Then we'll start one with me, him, and both of our wives. Mm-hmm. And right in it, we're common and we're going back and forth. And just being able to hold each other accountable up close. And not only through, we can do that being thousands of miles away, but being able to hold each other accountable of what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're looking at. Um, having somebody that you can say anything to yeah. that they're not going to take it the wrong yeah. way. Right. Um, it's a special bond. And that's I, I spoke to you guys at the Super Bowl about having that brother mentality of iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. and, and brother sharpen brother. And I was able to capture, well, I cl- captured one, but I saw two moments that really just touched me in my heart. One was when you guys knew you were going to win the Super Bowl and you guys eventually found each other and just yes. ran and hugged. And it was just like, I'm up at the last the last seat in the stadium, and I saw that, and all my little coworkers they're laughing. Ah, oh, you just you just being this. I'm like, nah, bro, that's a special moment. But to me, the special moment that I really saw was when I saw your daughter Lily picking up the confetti and was like, oh, this is my confetti. This is my confetti. So, <laughs> as as fathers, like we wanna like we want our kids to be happy, man. And, and to me, to see that moment, like see your daughter finally. Get a chance to live with her cousin scene, man. I know to me that just touched your heart. So, oh, man, man. Uh, the video she's saying more confetti, more <laughs> confetti, and um, and it was so nerve. They didn't go to any games during the season. My daughter Tennessee started doing fire during the warmups at games, and ever since they did the fire, <laughs> she hated going to football games. So yeah. she didn't go to any games this year. She loved being at home with the babysitter. So that was her first game of the season, the Super Bowl. So my wife <laughs> was nervous on how they were going to act, and all three of them did well. But um, we posted a video on Instagram of my mom doing confetti angels and Liana, my six-year-old is right next to her. Next to her is my Kaden, my three-year-old. Then my daughter Kai comes running over, who's going to be two at the end of the month. And Dev's oldest, London, who's 11 days younger than Kai, come running over. And there's a video. Dev's youngest is Brady. He's only nine months. He couldn't he couldn't get down in the confetti. <laughs> mm-hmm. But all of them are just in the confetti doing their own forms of, yeah. uh, of snow angels. Yeah. It looks a little, my mom's not moving her legs, just her arms. But we they can all use some work on technique. But um, winning that game and just what we do means so much to us, we think, but means so much more to the people around us that support us. And being able to be down there on that field with Dev in Arizona, 
when he won the Super Bowl and thinking like how special that was when celebrating with him, but then moving kind of to the background to allow him to celebrate with his teammates to fast forward to me now being able to do that alongside him with even more family members down there because you get a little bit more field passes, (laughs) you get more tickets and all of that. Uh, it was just a, a moment I'll never forget. You know, they teach you in broadcasting, Wes, to uh, never bury the lead. Um, <laughs> and I'm burying the lead completely as we're 22 minutes into this interview. Devin, are you going to play next year? Because that's a lot of people are going to wonder about that. And there was some talk, oh, he might retire. And I know that I don't even think you ever said that. You were just said, like, I think every player West too, probably, and right? In the words of Jason, I think you say he's been a drama queen. Drama queen. <laughs> drama queen. <laughs> but you always want to see what the next year is like. you got to see how your body, you know, responds and all that. But are you, you going to play in, in 2019? Yeah, I'm going to play. You going to play? Um, I think it was just cool um, at this point now, like being down here and seeing, um, I think you get so wrapped up in the season. And I'm just like, you know, at that point, uh, that was um, media night where Dion said that to me. And it's yeah. like, yeah, man, like if we win a Super Bowl, like I don't know what else could top that. And I think like in that moment, I kind of forgot, like, man, I don't play this game just to win Super Bowls. Like it's so much more yeah. that comes from me playing the game that I love. Um, and I think once you get a chance to step away for a couple of weeks now, you're like, yeah, man, like I still do want to be around these other young guys that come in like um having uh, this dude, A.J. Moore, came in last year from uh, uh, Mississippi. And he had a twin brother, C.J. So A.J. came out first, and then C.J.'s coming out this year. Sounds familiar. (laughs) And he was like, and I I go to him, I'm like, yeah, man, like Tiki and Aranda, that was, you know, like we loved him, and he was like, I don't know them. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man, ever since we were in college, like we saw y'all's story, and we was like, man, we want to be like the McCordys. And I sat there like, powerful. First, like you said, I was like, damn, old. Yeah. But I said, man, like me playing football is doing something. You know, it's doing more than just winning games and winning Super Bowls. Because I told people, I remember me and Nate Soda had that, uh, that conversation um, after we won our first Super Bowl and both of us had been on the team in 2011 when we lost and losing the AFC Championship twice and we finally won it. And we was like, and it's this feeling like, man, when you win the Super Bowl, like, and then like, I remember coming in April and the first thing you hear from Bill is like how much you suck and how much last year didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of made you realize like, man, if you play this game only for Super Bowls, you're going to be very empty because mm-hmm. like soon as you win it, it's all about how you can win it next year. Yeah. And if you win it again, it's like how you can – like I've been five times and won three times, and all anybody cares about is if we win a seventh championship for New England organization. Right. So, like, you have to play for so much more. So I love being able to just step away um, and being down here this week and then, you know, next week going to do a football camp in Puerto Rico with the family mm. um, really starts to make you realize the platform that you get to use uh, to do some special things. So speaking of – we want to stay on that platform level uh, – Congratulations on being the first brothers to ever win the Super Bowl. And this has elevated you guys' platform. You guys already had a platform. But one of the the reasons why I respect you so much is the work that you do in the community and with the sickle cell. And, you know, I just would like for you to expound on what's you guys' why and why why is that cause so dear to you? Yeah, um, this this is the Super Bowl win. 
um, was very special this year. The, uh, obviously the journey, but uh, our sickle cell campaign started, um, I guess, seven, eight years ago now. But uh, our aunt, um, she had sickle, sickle cell disease. And um, I have an uncle who actually had sickle cell disease as well. But I grew up very, we grew up very close to our aunt. And uh, my father passed away when we were three years old uh, from an asthma attack that led into a heart attack. And my connection to that side of the family um, kind of died yeah. with him. And my grandparents did a great job before they passed away of incorporating us along with my aunt Winifred. And um, when my grandparents passed away, um, my grandfather passed away. I was in fifth grade and my grandmother passed away uh, when we were in college. And my Aunt Wendy, throughout all of that, as my grandparents got older, she was our connection. And she was helping us to come to Orlando to visit them. And um, she'd come around on graduations, whatever it was. Hey, let's go out to eat. Whatever it was, she was always there. And she never had her own children, but um, she always was trying to be a, uh, an asset to us. And we watched her battle through that disease her entire life. And um, as it took her eyesight away from her, forced her to be on oxygen 24-7, kept her in and out of the hospital. Every time I talked to my aunt, she was talking to me about God. And she was a Jehovah's Witness, and she be believed in Jehovah God, but her faithfulness. And um, she passed away uh, January 4th um, during our bye week uh, before we played the Chargers. And me and Deb flew to Orlando, and um, I guess weeks prior to that, we played Miami, uh, down in Miami late December, and got a chance to see her. And unbeknownst to us, on her ride back uh, from Miami to Orlando, told her friend that was traveling with her um, that that was probably going to be the last time she saw us. And um, that hurt. Like, that weekend leading up to that game, um, that was rough for us. That hurt. And um, she didn't care about football at all. Didn't didn't care about it. Wanted, um, wanted to talk to us every year about retire. retire. <laughs> <laughs> we played long enough. We made money. It's a dangerous sport. Yeah. Um, but her knowing last year that we were together, she believed in family and she believed in God. Like that, that was it. That was those were the things that were important to her. And every time she talked to me, um, she was witnessing to me. And I remember talking to her as she started to talk about um, wills and all of that. And she would always tell me the pain I'm suffering here one day will be gone. And that gave me peace and comfort in it. But mm. that just made the sickle cell stuff just so important to us this year. Um, she lived to see 69 years when at the age of 10, she was told she wouldn't see 35. So wow. um, that's our motivation and inspiration behind everything sickle cell that we do. That's yeah. good. Uh, let me ask you real quick, Jay. Uh, I have a couple more questions about you're a free agent. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I think perfect world scenario, Dev, you can jump in here. You want to have him back, right? <laughs> Why not come back? I mean, he's been right. he's been. Seasons where he's won go. two games, three games, <laughs> none, zero games. Hey, we'll, I mean, hey, we'll, we'll, I mean we'll we'll we, that's what I'm saying. If we, if we, we could come to, to the Patriots too, you know. So I'm just saying, like, are you? Is this awkward during this time for you, Jay? Because you're a free agent, or is it? Is it just like business, and you let it kind of um, happen? It was. It was awkward for me when I got released in Tennessee. It was uncharted territory. Yeah. And um, for me now, I don't even think about it to be honest. Like, there's times it comes through my mind, uh, but for me right now, like, been out here with my wife here at PAO. We're really enjoying this. We're having a good conversation. Yeah. When we get back home. Um, get to be back around the kids. And like Dev said, we'll be leaving for Puerto Rico. Uh, for me, obviously, I would love to be um, back in New England. That would obviously be uh, my first choice. And um, obviously now playing 10 years, it's crazy to say that. Yeah. Um, you realize there's obviously a business side to all sure. of it. And I'm a big believer that I'm going to pray on it. And at the end of the day, it'll all work out the way it's supposed to work out. So uh, 
We'll see what happens with it. Deb, you brought up an interesting point about how your identity isn't in winning the Super Bowl. And like real quick, like what's some good advice to a young guy who might come into the league and they're just like, oh, it's all about football, all about winning. I got to win the Super Bowl. Like for a guy that you said played in five, one, three, what's the best advice for a guy to, t- to keep a young guy grounded? Um, I would tell him you got to work your butt off in football, but to truly be happy and find the things that you want to find to satisfy you, it's going to always be outside of football. Mm. Um, I've even said that to guys on our team. Like we have rookies say, you know I mean, he'd go home, say he's asleep by 8 o'clock and he don't leave the facility till 7 o'clock and he don't watch no TV, he don't read, he just sleep, come back in the facility at 5 a.m. And I'm like, hey, man, like if you want to do that for a week or two, like that's good yeah. or do that. And I said, but like when you get off time, like when we get Tuesday off or we get the bye week, I'm like, you got to start digging into some other things, like be grounded in, in different things. He was a guy go to chapel with us every, so he had that. But I, I think when you first jump into NFL, everyone's like, man, football's this, football's that. It's so competitive. And you're like, man, I just got to rearrange and just make football here. And I tell guys, you'll have this huge letdown um, at some point. You know, like, I don't know when it'll happen. It could be you get released, you could get hurt. Like, I don't know when. I'm like, but if it's just football, yeah. um, it, it'll hit you and it'll rock you pretty hard. And uh, a guy like Gerard Mayo, I kind of learned that from, who was, you know, rookie of the year in 2008, Pro Bowls. He gets hurt in, in you know, 14, gets hurt. In, no, gets hurt in 13, 14, and 15. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't want to play no more. And it's a guy that I'm sure people probably thought he played 15, 16 years yeah. and played eight years. And, you know, now he's top of the business world, making money. <laughs> and it just go like, because he said, like, when he got hurt, it taught him, like, man, I got to start sending these emails, yes. people I met. Yes. Um, and that just shows, like, being grounded because, like, you don't always got time to fall. Like, he was a guy, you know, three kids, married. Like, you got other people that depend on you to be the leader of the household. You don't have time to just fall when it's just football, football, football. Yeah. Uh, you want to spread your wings like any other person. That's great, man. That's uh always like we've been hearing this whole week you're you're not an athlete that happens to be a christian you're mm-hmm. christians that have to be an athlete and that's a, a great great picture right there one a little bit of advice from you on just that young guy that might be coming in like like me undrafted new d coordinator new head mm-hmm. coach you've seen three four different head coaches <laughs> we had two ourselves in tennessee like that young guy that's in the locker room that's searching to to find that older mentor in the locker room that can help him, like, what would you say? Like, what's the best way for a young guy to reach out to an older player? Oh, man. Uh, first and foremost, I said, I remember going to a symposium and hearing Mike Tomlin talk, and he said, uh, rookies, when you get in the building, shut up. <laughs> and uh, I think that was one of the best advice that you can get. And I remember um, getting there my rookie year, and I remember thinking uh, I had been with my now wife since my sophomore year in college, and I didn't get to the NFL and go crazy or anything, but I just remember even mindset-wise as men, I got to the NFL, and I'm thinking, like, you know, by time – you hit 30, as you get older, you start to settle your mind down and mm-hmm. you start to relax and then you want to become a family man. And I remember getting to the NFL and getting in the locker room and start listening. I didn't talk a lot my rookie year. I was just listening. And I was just like, man, there's great examples in here of great men. Yeah. And there's terrible examples <laughs> of what you want to be. And 
the great examples range from guys 23 to 33. Yeah. And the terrible examples was the same exact same age age range. And I realized that there were guys married with three kids that were living totally the opposite way you'd want to live at that point in your life and career. And that's when it hit me. It was just like, you got to find the guys that are doing and have achieved the things that you want to achieve. And I remember coming in uh, to the league and I remember I used to watch um, – Chris Holt, Vinnie Fuller, Cortland Finnegan. I remember every Wednesday, Seahope uh, uh, and, and Vinnie Fuller would come in and they'd wear like jeans and nothing crazy or fancy, but you know, for the most part, we mm-hmm. wear our sweats Swiss. and all. And I'm like, why, why are they, like, where are you dressing up to go? <laughs> and I remember every Wednesday they used to go to Mount Zion to go to Bible study yeah. mm, after really they were done that. at the facility. And I was just like, Wow. And they will watch film when we were done with our day with our DB coach up until uh, 645. And then they take the 15 minute drive to go to Mount Zion uh, Baptist Church to, to listen uh, to Bible study. And to me, that was the cool thing. See, Hope got in a cold tub every day after practice. So I got in a cold tub every day after <laughs> practice. And I used to look at him and, and guys like Cortland and Vinny. Vinny was a guy that uh, he played seven years in the league, didn't get a huge contract but was a guy that you respected. Uh, he treated people with respect. Seahawk was a guy that was in his eighth year, won a Super Bowl, got a big contract. And Cortland was a guy that was a seventh-round draft pick that worked his way to a starter, was a community man of the year. So I'm looking like these are the guys that, that if I had to fast-forward my career, I want to be able to win a Super Bowl. I want to make a Pro Bowl. I want to yeah. be respected in the community. I want to be going to Bible study, getting closer with God. And I followed those guys, and um, it wasn't always asking them questions. Sometimes it was just doing what they they were doing whenever they were lifting I would go lift and Mm -hmm. you really didn't have to ask those guys questions because whenever I was around them somebody was telling a story and I was just picking up listening to it man it's good it's it's so special that that life comes around full Mm -hmm. circle you know I had a lot of great mentors I can go from Champ Bailey to Brian Dawkins I think about one guy and it kind of puts me in the mode of like how we are three family men Mm -hmm. you know we have our parties in line a guy named Andre Davis who brought me in a single guy his wife, his three daughters, and he, before he brought me in, he was like, Wes, like, what do you want to do in life? What do you want to mm-hmm. be in life? And I looked at him and I'm like, Dre, like, this is a perfect picture. Your family is like, this is what I want. So, man, I just commend you guys to continue to be that great example of what it is to be a godly man and most importantly, being godly brothers that hold each other accountable. And, and, and I think that's the scary thing about this world. Men are afraid to hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. and you guys will get a chance. You guys had that chance to do that this past year, and I just think that's special that you were in the same locker room. Same goes to you, man. You've been a captain everywhere. You've been for a reason, man. That's good. Let's close it with this, and it's the same question for both of you on the podcast. We'll start with Dev. The last 12 months, you kind of alluded to 12 months ago, Jay, so we'll keep it in the last year here. I know March 15th was the day that you were traded. Mm-hmm. What is God, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from God in this last year, Dev, start with you. The biggest lesson that Christ has kind of instilled on your heart over this last year that you've learned? Um, I would say move out the way, um, myself, move out the way, and humble myself in in situations, especially at home. Um, I would say move out the ways because I always thought I could get this, you know, get my brother here, win games, do what we do at the Patriots, and you know, you go through this year and it's like we lose two games on the road right away. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm in a locker room like, man, we can't be the guys that blow this whole thing up and not win. And, <laughs> and it's kind of like he was like, hey, man, 
Like I'm gonna I'm gonna create a different way this year. Like it's not gonna go as you plan. Like it, each time, like we went out there on the field. Like I didn't play the way I wanted to play, and we would win. And I'd be like, man, my wife would be like it's okay, and I'm like, nah, I'm not playing the way I want. And he'd be like, bro, we winning. Like what are you talking about? And um, I thought this year was a great example of that. And I would say second home of myself is just when I'm at home and my wife says certain things and I get defensive and I'm and it, and. At times I'm like, man, or like she wouldn't read the devotional. And I'm like, she's like, you got to remind me. I'm like, no, nah, you got to do your part in me. And I'm like, man, who do you think you are? You know, like you, if you need a reminder that helps out, then do that. You know, yeah. let them work through you to her. And don't think like you yeah. all high almighty now because you went to a PAO and you come back and you're reading your your the devotional plan daily, yeah. like, um, and then you get reminded being back down here again to talk about discipling and, and helping others. So, um, you know, I thought, but we just heard from Aeneas, you know, he's Aeneas always Williams. talking, yeah. um, you know, really that opened me up too today. It's good. Jay, how about um, you? Biggest lesson that God's taught you in the last year? Man, it's been uh stick with me and, and I got you. And uh, I remember just I, sometimes dealing with just anxiety before games, that anxiousness and, um, that'll just trouble you and a good word will make you glad. I remember reading that uh, through our, our Bible studies and not only these last 12 months, but kind of the last three years of since I left Tennessee of, of just not knowing where next was going to be and, and unsure and, and, and not really knowing, like not really trusting in him and, and worrying a lot about him and going to Cleveland and trying to do it on my own and uh, having a little bit of personal success, but the team, um, not doing well and just everything just dragging me down and, and allowing it to drag me down and fast forward to get to New England and it wasn't all rainbows when I got there you know I got injured in the spring didn't do any OTAs any mini camp every time I talked to the media it's why aren't you doing anything yeah. um, article after article McCordy's not on the bubble may not make it past training camp get to the fourth preseason game I'm playing in the fourth preseason game in the second half. I remember after the game, I remember saying to Dev at halftime, like, Man, it was fun while it lasted. Like, who knows what's going to happen, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And having to answer all the questions in the media. And like I said, dealing with family, with my wife and our kids at home, of the frustrations of not meeting my wife's needs and being so frustrated because I'm thinking she's not meeting my needs that I'm not even attempting to meet her on her side. And mm. going through all of that, and I think um, growing so much over these last seven, eight months with her and, and with our team chaplain and everybody there with our couples Bible study. Um, he just keeps saying to me, like, continue to trust on me and I'll carry you through. And when I got to knowing, I never, and he's telling me, I'll do things that you can't even imagine. I never would have <laughs> imagined. And I, when I got there, everybody was just like, man, come on, man. Like, this is Jay's chance to win a ring. And being in the league, you know how hard it is just to get there. So being able to get there, and uh, this will be the last thing I said. I think I was telling you guys about it yeah. um, a little bit. I was talking about it in our, our core groups. And um, when we won the AFC Championship game, getting ready for that Super Bowl, and as you know, you played in the Super Bowl, and you know so many people are texting, congrats, yeah. man, yeah. good luck, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The, the common theme I kept getting from when I went to the grocery store or anything is, man, you deserve this. You've worked so hard for this opportunity, man. You deserve this. You deserve this. And at some point I said to my wife, Melissa, I was just like, I don't deserve this. Like, what have I done that I deserve a championship more than a Wesley Woodyard, yeah. more than a Jarrell Casey that we played with in Tennessee? There's so many guys that are 
living a lot better than me or not, whatever the case may be. There's nothing that we're doing here to get the love and the mercy and the grace that we get from God. But we take it in and we have to spread it and talk about it. And that just hit me. And I was just like, I was sitting there and I I had to stop myself from, yeah, I do deserve this. I need Mm -hmm. to win a championship. I had to kind of pause and stop myself and say, just be grateful. Be honored and blessed that you're on this stage. You have this platform and you're getting this opportunity uh, to be able to do this. That's good. Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Wesley Wood, you're pretty good. Oh, man. Pretty good host. You might have to do this future, right? This guy's pretty good. Guys, thank you. No problem. Appreciate it. That was a lot of fun with Devin and Jason McCourty uh, and Wesley Woodyard, who was a great co-host for this podcast. And we taped it about a week ago. It was in Florida at a conference, a Christian conference that a bunch of NFL players were at. And Devin and Jason were there, as was Wesley and myself. And just an awesome conversation one of my favorite interviews that we've done this year by far and Devin and Jason man they are inseparable I love that about them just even their Twitter handle being McCordy twins and they don't have their own uh, Twitter you know Jason McCordy or, or Devin McCordy it's the McCordy twins and they kind of speak through social media sharing a handle I thought I think that's very telling of the bond that those two have as brothers and uh, just thanking them for coming on the Sports Spectrum podcast and sharing their faith journey, certainly winning the Super Bowl and now all that all that came with that. But really great storytellers and, and great men of God who just want to do good things in the community and serve and give back. And, and Wesley Woodyard is that way, too. We've had Wes on the podcast a few times. Go back and listen to those interviews and just thankful to Wes for co-hosting with us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. If you like what you heard, you can email us, jason at sportspectrum.com, or take a screenshot and tweet us. Make sure you tag at McCourty Twins and Wesley Woodyard on Twitter, and let us know that you heard this episode of the podcast. We'll retweet it and share it, and just grateful that you cared enough to listen and even more cared enough to share this with others, letting them know about the Sports Spectrum Podcast. We also want to thank our sponsors, Compassion International. For $38 a month, you can release a child from poverty. They do such a great job providing food, education, medical care, vocational training, all done in Jesus' name. Over 2 million children being released from poverty by the great work being done at Compassion International. Here's where you can come in and help for $38 a month sponsoring a child. Go to Compassion.com slash Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode right here on Sports Spectrum. Have a great rest of your day.